Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Bander Book Club podcast. I am Maddie here with Courtney. Hello, and today we are reviewing Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Now, I'm so I after the Kotar incident, I was so scared that Maddie wasn't gonna like this, and then she gets like seventy five percent of the way through the book and she texts me and I guess she goes I think this is my favorite book ever and I was like (laughs) yeah I was I was feeling this and listen I see the same people who loved Akatar also promoting this book right and so I go into it being like am I gonna hate this book the answer is no I'm not going to hate this book. In fact, I really, 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 really like this book. And what's super exciting is that um, if you're watching this on the day that it releases, Iron Flame comes out tomorrow. So I am very excited about it. By the way, I am sick. So if I sound a little bit different, that is why. Um, Another bummer about being sick this past week was that I... Like, being sick sucks, you know? But, like, if I was sick next week, I wouldn't be too mad about it because I could just stay home and read Iron Flame the entire time. But instead, I just had to suffer without Iron Flame. Ugh. I saw one person on TikTok that was like, ooh, my Walmart has them out early. And so I drove to three different Walmarts and a Target. None of them had it. Uh, There's been some people, too, who have seen it at Target, but it won't let them, like, check it out. I don't know. Interesting. I'm, I'm just reading the digital version on my phone when it comes out, and then I'll get a copy later on. I I read Fourth Wing I think in like April maybe, yeah. and um I got this copy like a month ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, because it was like sold out for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and I of course I read it like right when it was at the peak of its fame, and so like. I do not have the cool edges where, like, there's little dragons on it and stuff. Nope, just the plain one. Um, I actually, I wanted to bring that up because I saw them. I'm like, those are pretty cool. But have you ever, like, I guess you you read um, Assistant to the Villain or whatever that has the sprayed edges? The red yeah, one? I haven't read it, but I bought, I, I own it. But you've definitely. touched, like, you, you've touched it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't like, I don't like the feeling of the sprayed edges. I don't know how to explain it, but it doesn't feel the same, and I do not like it. Right, well, yeah, it's coated in crap. The, <laughs> I will say, though, that the one that I got, it has the black sprayed mm. edges. I did not purposely ask for that. I would prefer oh, if it was just plain, plain like this. But, yeah, for this one, I just... I picked this up, my friend and I, we went to a local bookstore here called The Writer's Block. That's real cute. And... I got this book there. I paid quite literally double the price of this book at Barnes and Noble for it, but I supported a small bookshop for the year. So, <laughs> Ugh. yeah, it was it was pretty expensive, but you know what? It's fine. I'll support small bookshops anytime I can. Yeah, I I also just liked this book so much that I felt like I need a physical copy, even though I read it virtually like on my phone so i don't know if i get one that doesn't have sprayed edges maybe we can trade later on yeah because yeah, i don't mind uh, that much, but. also iron flame is red and this one's gold and so like i don't know if they're gonna look good next to each other to be honest with you well that's not a problem for me because i organize my books by 
color. Oh, mine's yeah. by series. Actually, kind of by author because I have all my Throne of Glass books next to the Akatar ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. aesthetically I like the look. <laughs> Also, one last thing before we actually get into our review. I was looking at buying the Throne of Glass books, like all of them, because I'm reading Throne of Glass. I'm actually really enjoying it. And I was thinking about buying, like, a whole set of them just to, like, have them. Mm -hmm. And some person on, like, one of those book reselling places is selling the entire set for $250. And it's literally $100 less at any other place. And it's not, like, a special edition? No, it's just, like, the regular... It's, like, the new covers that I have, like... Well, you know, if they bamboozle somebody into buying that, then... Shame on them, and also shame on the person who buys it. Yeah, honestly. Wackadoodle. It is wackadoodle. If it's, like, a collector's edition, because it's been out for so long at this point that there's, like, multiple different collector's editions of the whole series like that would make sense but just the and i love the artwork on the new ones i have all of the old ones i'm trying to dump them off on my sister <laughs> so i can buy the new ones because she's like i'm just gonna I, buy them anyways and i don't care what i what they look like and i was like oh, oh. i would love to do a full episode where we just talk about the covers that are good covers and bad covers yeah have examples of both yes because like, I just saw the deal that series is getting new covers, and yeah. I only bought the first one, and I'm like, should I just donate this one? Yeah, you should wait until the new art yeah. comes out, because it looks so much better. I yeah. I don't think I have any of those physical copies. I read those all on my phone, so I'll yeah. get the physical copies when they <laughs> the new artwork, because I actually like how they look. Yeah, and then uh, I know we have the new covers for the Twisted series, which is good. Because have you seen the original covers for those? Yuck! It's just it's just a man doing like <laughs> doing man things. Yeah, like his legs are smoldering. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's me being a man on the cover of the original Twisted series. Horrible. <laughs> this is Fourth Wing. It is by <laughs> Rebecca Yaros. <laughs> just in case it, you forgot. It... <laughs> Yeah. And it is a, by the way, if this is your first time joining us, we're doing a spoiler free review. So if you have not read Fourth Wing, do not worry. We'll get to the spoilers after we finish the non-spoiler version. So, and we'll give you a heads up. You're safe. You're safe for now. Although if you haven't read Fourth Wing already, what are you doing? Iron Flame comes out tomorrow. Like you should read this already. Any girl who just read it. (laughs) Okay. And I read it before the second book came out. What's your point? okay yeah that's what i thought okay Okay, so this is fourth wing (laughs) and fourth wing is starring our main character violet who i have one massive uh ignore annoying thing and it's that she is described as being so teeny tiny frail and small literally every other sentence which is for a purpose but also super super annoying anyway so she's she's just this tiny little frail girl And she has been training her life to be a scribe. Her mom is the general of the place that they live that I cannot remember what it's called. Uh, Um, Basgaith War College. That's the War College. What's the name of the place that they live? I think it's just Uh, Basgaith. Navarre. Navarre. Oh, oh, oh. The country. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Like the place that they live. Like, yeah. So her mom is the general. Okay. We love, we love a woman in STEM. Um, she is doing technology better than anybody else. And by technology, I mean war crime. So her mom has decided that since Violet is her daughter, she needs to not become a scribe, which is not like the strongest portion of the military. Instead, she needs to become a dragon rider, which is the most dangerous thing that a person can do. So she has this little frail daughter and she's like dragon rider. And if you don't, I guess I hate you and you're stupid and ugly and die, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm sure her mother would have like done something to her. If she had like, I don't, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about her mom that we'll yeah. get into with like the spoilers portion. Oh yeah. Also she's like, she has a disability. Uh, they never yeah. delineate what it is. Cause I don't think they're dealing with like know. real world diseases. I don't know. It, like, yeah. <laughs> I have theories. I have theories. Actually. Okay, 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 okay. But anyhow, yeah, anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, bring it, reel it back in. Okay, so um, she also has a sister named Mira, and she had a brother who has unfortunately died. And she has decided that she is going to just take comfort in her sister for like one last minute. And as she, you know, leaves, she's like, okay, I'm going to start this new journey of myself. I'm going to give up this whole scribe idea that I had and I'm just going to go in here and I'm going to try my best and I'm going to win this little tournament that I have to do where I have to collect a dragon and that's her plan. Her first task is to cross, uh, like a it's called a parpet, which a I have learned Okay. A parapet <laughs> and it's one of those like, law. it's like the top of like a castle that's like really skinny you have to walk across it and that's, like, her first big challenge she has to do. Spoiler alert, she's gonna make it over there. Because um, <laughs> that would be, like, she dies in the first five pages of the book. She's just Hello. like, oh, <laughs> fell off the fire pit. Um, anyway, so uh, while she's over there, she makes eye contact with this guy. Oh, oh first her, her sister, her sister's like, hey, uh, don't forget to find our childhood best friend Dane over there. He's over there, and he will be able to help you and guide you and she's like okay cool um dane was super hot and i was really into him and he's probably gonna be way hotter now that i'm going over there um anyway so she, she crosses over and she makes eye contact with this guy this guy tall dark handsome third year older you than her drill. you know the drill yeah. you know you know it name zayden dumb ass name but he mm, he is hot anyhow he is <laughs> sizzling if you will so he, they make eye contact and she's like, oh my gosh, that is this guy that um, my mom killed his entire family. <laughs> um, he's probably going to want to kill me. So I got to be really safe. She runs into Dane. Dane's like, ah, don't worry, girl, I'm going to take care of you. Also, you're so cute. Let me touch you all the time. And he's like, oh, she's like, ooh, ooh, I really just love being touched by you all the time. It's just so amazing and awesome. Um, anyhow, things move on. Uh, she has to do this whole tournament where she has to get a dragon and something There's like a bunch of tasks leading up to that. Yeah. Too, right. Yeah. Like they she have has to... like, like training and stuff like that. Fighting, and then she's learning. They're also the way, in college. Like it, it's yeah. a war college, but, and I think she's what, like 20, 19, 20. Yeah. She's I think she's 20. Um, 
Anyhow, so, like, this, by the way, none of this is spoiler. Like, this is all just, like, the, like, what she has to do to yeah. get to, like, the actual plot of the book. Um, which is a tiny bit of a flaw, because it was really slow in the beginning. But it was, like, interesting, but it was slower to get up to the part where we need to get up to. Anyway, the day of reckoning approaches, and she, she's made enemies. She has solidified that she is super into Dane. And, uh, she is going to, <coughs> sorry, um, she is going to go do her thing and try and get a dragon. But guess what? Guess what? She, something happens to her yeah. in that, in that pit. She gets a little surprise, a little bonus, and it is shocking. And then from there on out, it's, it's different. And I'll tell you what, if you don't know anything about this book, there is a, I mean, what happens on the, in that portion is on the cover of this book and you just, you don't even know. You don't even know. Yeah. But you'll know once you get to that part. But that's it. That's not yeah. as far as I'm going to go towards what the plot is. Dragon. She's got fighting, <clears throat> training, tasks. Politics. Hot it, men. Kissing. It reminds me of, murder. like. It, in some ways, it reminds me of the Hunger Games. And, like, they have, like, all this stuff leading up to when they actually go into the games. And then, like, mm-hmm. that's when the actual plot starts. It reminds me a lot of that. And there's a there's some characters that are reminiscent of some Hunger Games characters. We will get into that. We're going to get so yes, deep we into will. that. So deep into it. Um, yes. <laughs> and, um, but I don't know. There's, you know, disability representation, enemies to lovers, um, magic, uh, family drama, war, like, it's dragons. Yeah. I already said it, but I want to reiterate dragons. Yeah. It's so that there's like, it, it gives like, it's giving house of the dragon. It's giving hunger games. It's giving divergent, like all, all of the, um, dystopian book series, but really good. And I think like parts of this book are predictable. I was taken aback by the twist at the end. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Um, and, like, looking back on it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That checks out. Mm-hmm. But no. And, and the way the book is written, it's really nice. There's, like, little excerpts at the beginning of chapters from either, like, the Codex for the Writer's Quadrant or, like, a book of tips she gets from her brother. And I really like that. Like, it gives context to, like, a lot of the rules and stuff like that. And it also, like, it gives us a, a taste of her brother because he's a character that has passed away in this book and so like we learn more about him through like her reading these passages but yeah yeah because uh mira leaves like a book on her bed that's like here's uh brennan's notebook that he left for me when i came here because he was also a dragon writer um so and then she i don't know if we talked kind of a little bit about this but we i mean you talked about zayden's dad but like there are cadets in the war school that are there because they have to be. Their parents were traitors. They killed all their parents, and so their penance to show loyalty is that they have to go through the writer's quadrant, which has, like, a 70% mortality rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, an underlying plot, and there is a, a lot, and I mean a lot of animosity towards the children of the traitors in this book within the writer's quadrant. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. 
Okay. That's fourth let's, <laughs> That's fourth wing non-spoiler version. Okay, so let's talk about uh still no, no spoilers, so don't worry if you haven't read yet. Um we're gonna do would we recommend this to a fellow reader? Would we recommend this to our younger sisters who are under the age of majority? So it's really like would you recommend this to somebody under eighteen? Um, then we'll get into our four pillars, which are the character development, the witty banter, the magic system, not realism, and the sm- <laughs> Sorry, I coughed right when I said that. <laughs> I, um, I thought you were just embarrassed to say it. I was like, I'm pretty sure you said No, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm just dying over here. Um, and then uh, the overall rating of the book. So let's start with, would you recommend this book to a fellow reader uh duh yeah i think this really like i think this appeals to like almost all of the people i know who read in different ways right so like there's the romance girlies the romance is there it's happening um there are like my fantasy peeps who love like house of the dragon type stuff um game of thrones it definitely appeals to that um the people who liked Back in the day, um, you know, Hunger Games, that sort of thing, appeals to those sorts of people. Um, I, so yeah, I think it. I think it appeals to just about everybody, and of course, I would recommend it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I read it, and I listened to the audiobook, and then I just listened to the audiobook again to freshen up for this. So like, I'm. You could say I'm invested, you know. And I read mm-hmm. it on my phone, and then I also purchased the physical copy. And the audiobooks. <laughs> at this point, I've dumped like fifty bucks at least just into this first novel, <laughs> and that's without any like collectors editions, which I think at one point I might do, um, depending on what they come out with here in the next couple of years. But yeah, I loved it. I think anybody who picks it up will enjoy it. Um, so yeah, mm. ten out of ten would recommend. Five out of five. Yeah, recommend. <laughs> I've recommended this book. Uh, I finished reading it, and then I texted my friend Emily, and I was like, hey, you gotta go read this book. And she's like, okay. And then she texted me, she's like, mm, I don't know if I feel it. I'm like, just keep reading. And she's like, okay. Then she texted me, and she's like, oh my god, I'm so <laughs> glad I ordered the next one, because I need to know what happens next. And then she sent me a screenshot, and I guess Target has already sent them out, so if you ordered it through Target, like, it's in the mail. Um, which is so exciting. Yeah, I will be... Um getting mine on apple books at like right when it's released i'm I'm waking Mm. up tuesday morning and that's what i'll be doing in my mortgages class oh very nice very nice because i can read yeah unfortunately i have to work from eight to four but the second four o'clock four (laughs) o'clock i'm not i'm not playing golf on tuesday i'm literally just gonna read so yeah that's how serious this is to me um, okay, would you recommend this to somebody under the age of 18? <laughs> no. <laughs> because there is, like, my mom would not be okay with my sister reading this book. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, there's a, there's, I've mentioned this a couple times, there's a, a girl that we follow on Instagram who is, she's, like, relatively popular, so it's not like I'm just following some random 16-year-old girl. But she's 16, and so she's talking about how she was reading this book, and I'm like... I don't know. And then she's also read, like, she also read um, Things We Never Got Over and, like, some of these other books. And I'm like, I don't know if, how, like, I don't think you should be reading that. Like, you're pretty young. But then again, I was reading The Dirtiest, Filthiest Smut on Wattpad when I was 
16. Yeah, I guess Actually, this is younger, more just but for, yeah. like, like, if you're a mom and you're watching this, if you're my mom and you're watching this, <clears> and you see my sister reading this, you should maybe be like, mm, no. Um, <laughs> just because, like, even, you know what, just because you were reading Wattpad doesn't mean you should have been. <laughs> okay. True. Um, hey, the internet was an unmonitored place I, at the time. I know. But, yeah, this is not PG. Like, it starts off that way until you get to, like, the last 20%, and then it's like, whoa. Whoa. Do you uh, know what makes it kind of funny? Um, we'll, actually, you know what? We'll talk about it in the, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Although I don't know if it's a spoiler, because it's literally, like, the first page. But, okay. No, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the... Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. So let's move on to our pillars. Um, what do you think about the character development in this book? Oh, it was good. It was juicy. It was um, it was nice. It was real nice. Um, one, Violet has to come to terms with the fact that she's been preparing her whole life with a skill set that she naturally has to become a scribe. And not only does she have to deal with the death of her brother and father, but then her hard-ass mom is like guess what you're going in the writer's quadrant and so like i think right off the bat violet has a better attitude than like a lot of people would have right like she doesn't she's just kind of like well this is this is how it is this is my life now and i'm gonna run with it right Mm -hmm. and throughout the book she continues to struggle with like um you know people tell her they're like you're the smartest person we've ever met and all the scribes that come through delivering information and stuff, they're like, you were supposed to be the best scribe ever. Um, and so she goes back and forth a lot too. And like, Dane, Dane is very driven to protect her, but he's not willing to like support her in a lot of ways. And so like, she struggles with feeling like she's an imposter or like she's just going to die at any second. And then by the end of the book, she is more like, I... Like, she's very confident in herself, and it's very apparent that, like, she is where she was meant to be. Um, Mm -hmm. So that character development was really good. And then between her and Zayden, the whole enemies to lovers, like, him opening up, that sort of thing. Uh, And, like, with the twist at the end, that was... I feel like that contributes to character development because it shows just, like, how good of a person he's been all along. Um... Well, I give it a five. I'm also going to give it a five. I thought everybody's character development was really good. Um, I'm really excited to see where people end up because it left off on a huge cliffhanger. And there is nothing I hate more than a cliffhanger that is good. (laughs) Example, My Name is Earl ended on the biggest cliffhanger of all time then got canceled. And I will never forgive it for that. I haven't watched that show, but my parents loved it when I was growing up. Yeah, well, it ends on the biggest freaking cliffhanger of all time. Well, then maybe I won't watch it, because I can't deal with that emotionally. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I, I would also give it a five. What do you think about the Woody banter in this book? Uh, I think Violet's a little sassy. She says for the win about 800 times, which made me want to bang my head against the wall. That was, like, one of my only criticisms about this book. She just, she kept saying, like, something for the win. And I'm like, what is, Rebecca, why is this phrase so deeply ingrained in your head? There, I saw that 
so like one of the reasons why I think this book is so successful is because it uses like modern vernacular. It's a little bit millennial cringe there, Rebecca. Um, the for the win over and over and over again. Yeah, I was like once acceptable, twice I can let it go, but the amount of times, drumming nuts. Anyway, <laughs> aside from that, I thought the dialogue was pretty good. Violet sassy. Um, her dragons are sassy. Uh, they can talk to each other in their minds. Yeah. So, like, their inner dialogue is, well, their inner shared dialogue is funny, and, um, there's also one side character named Riddick who has some good dialogue. I don't know. I thought, overall, like, the banter between people is pretty good. So I'll give it a five. Uh, (laughs) The banter between her and her dragon is my favorite. That's, like, my favorite banter in the whole thing, because she'll be thinking something. Is that, like, called Wing Leader? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, what are you doing? You're crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're so crazy. Um, no, he, yeah. I think that they have, like, the best banter. Uh, the book is not supposed to be super bantery, so I'm, like, not gonna mark it down too much. I mean, there's, like, romance elements to it, but it's not, like, an Emily Henry book where it's, mm-hmm. like, they're going back and forth, you know? So I'm gonna give it, like, a four, but that's because her and her dragon have really good banter. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good! <laughs> there's one um, part, I don't think this is a spoiler, there's one part where, like, they're at the mats and they're doing physical training, right? And she gets distracted by the male figure. Um, and she gets whacked in the face and her dragon's like, serves you right. <laughs> and I cackled. Yeah. I cackled when I read that. Uh, yeah, he's real silly. He real, Yeah. And also grumpy. grumpy he's, a, he's a grumpy sunshine for sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was... The dialogue in this book's very good. Mm-hmm. What about the magic system? I really liked the magic system, right? So, like, the magic system in this book, it's not like there's people who are, like, wielders. I mean, there are, but, like, not naturally. The magic comes from, like, becoming a, a dragon rider. Like, you use the dragon and you're relationship with the dragon and who you are as a person determine what sort of power you have um and then they can do things called lesser magics which are just like you know locking doors doing simple um guarding spells and stuff like that um nothing too crazy but i i like that like i like that the powers are individualized like based on who the person is uh and i don't know i i just think it's really interesting and there's like certain rules for being like a conduit for the magic that i think are explained in an interesting way um and like magic doesn't really become a really compelling part of the plot until the latter half of the book because they're really just training initially Mm-hmm. But I think the whole concept is really interesting. Like, I think it adds another layer of, like, intrigue aside from them being able to, like, bond and ride dragons, right? I think it 
I think it adds another element uh, that gives the book a little bit more like oomph. Um, so I, I liked it and I, I like, I, I think it was explained well. I think that there are, there's some vagueness as to how it works just because it leads into the cliffhanger towards the end. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a, there's clearly something under the surface that is like bubbling to the top throughout this book. And we still don't even really know what it is. Um, but like, I think that's where the, the, any ambiguities or vagueness with the mag- magic system come from is it's leaving a gap to explain later on through the plot. So I think it's, I think it's probably a five also. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we don't know a whole lot about, we know, okay. So we, we know, some things we don't know other things part of it i don't know if we'll ever know because it's kind of like secret and i don't know i mean i could see that being revealed in like book four or mm-hmm. like book five or like something like way late down the road because this is already going to be a five book series and i've already this invested into it and i probably have to wait five years for this book series to be over I'm gonna be 30 in five years, okay? I don't know. She cranked this second book out real fast. That's true. And she is an experienced writer. Like, this is yes. not her debut novel, yes. so. Hmm. We shall see. Yeah, so, regardless, whenever the last one comes out, I think that we'll get all of our answers then. I think mm-hmm. we're on a good track. Right now, everything makes sense and everything. Well, it doesn't make sense because I don't mesh is not real but like you know everything is like logically placed and yeah i think it's five i think it's pretty good um and i do like that everybody has kind of like their own special power (laughs) that they get from their dragon so that's pretty cool um yeah uh okay our last category is of course the smut um the smut in this book i'm not gonna lie it's kind of bland. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's, like, for certain reasons that will go unnamed at the current moment in time. But, like, it is not... I don't know. It's, like, it's not, like, super filthy smutty. It's just, like, kind of, like, you know what's up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like... There, there's a decent amount of detail, I think. Like, this is not, it's not, like, a smut book. It is a right. fantasy book with a rom- romance subplot. Um, And so, like, I think it reminds me of, like, how things went down in the second Akotar book, Mission Fury. Um, like, I think a lot of what makes made the smut at least good for me was the buildup. Like, the tension was crazy for mm-hmm. such a long time. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally happened. Um, and, like, <laughs> the chemistry between the characters is great. They, like, break some stuff, you know? Um, it also just, it doesn't happen, like, that frequently because it happens so so far towards the end of the book that, like, mm-hmm. if it was to happen frequently, it would be like, okay relax you guys um there's like a hundred pages left to go how many times can we do this yeah um <laughs> but i thought it was it was detailed enough to where i like i wouldn't want my underage sister to read it um right 
but it also isn't like I'm reading things we never got over in terms True. of like descriptiveness. <laughs> but I will say I want to give it a high score on Smut because I think it fits the plot well. Um, and I think if we were to have gone through 70, 80% of the book where, where it, like the tension's building, obviously, but like it's centered around this fantasy war college and like it, it's a fantasy plot. And then out of nowhere, it's just like all centered around. <laughs> that would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so I think it, it suits the story. And I think, um, I don't know, like. I wouldn't mind it being a little more detailed. I could, I could live with that. But <laughs> I think for what the book is and like, right, where romance contributes to the story, like percentage wise, it, it's it's an underlying plot. It's not the overarching plot, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's like a four. I would say, based on all yeah. that. But it, it's not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen a ton. And it's not, like, the most spicy thing I've ever read. But because of how it fits into the storyline, I think it's it's good. Mm-hmm. I agree. You're also giving it a Sorry. Yeah. Because, um, like, it it was really satisfying when they finally got together. I was, like, <laughs> like, kicking my feet up in the air. Like, hee um, but, like, it's not super graphic, which, like, don't yeah. get me wrong, like, I'm fine with it not being super graphic. I, I just kind of think that smut in this book is weird, just in general, and we'll get into that in just a minute when we talk about the spoiler section. But, yeah, don't worry, nothing weird. It's, like, not weird. It's just, like, weird. You know what I mean? It would be, it reminds me of, like, in the Hunger Games when they're, like, Peta would sleep in Katniss's room every night. Like, they never went into that. But I'm like, they like they could have, you know? I'm like, what, was, what were Katniss and Peter doing in there? Like, I think... Oh, it, it just oh he was just comforting her after her nightmares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, No, it just, like... I think it reminds me of, like, a lot of books that are normally YA. And then, like... <laughs> you can read literally 80% of the book and it's fine being, like, YA. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it would be like instead of if instead of Peter going in and comforting Katniss, he was comforting, comforting Katniss. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. No, totally. I get that. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. So, now we are going to move on to the spoiler section, which finally, cuz I really want to talk about some of these spoilers. Um, so if you have not read the book yet and you still want to, Get out of here. Come back later when you have read it. If you already read it, hello. Welcome to the club. Welcome. Uh, Let's talk about the spoilers. Okay, first of all, let's just get into the smut thing really quick. This book was written... Okay, the very first line. The following text has been faithfully transcribed from Navarian to modern language by Jessenia... Whatever. The curator of the... Jessenia... I don't know how to say her last name, though. Curator of the Scribe Quadrant at the the War College. Uh, All events are true, and names have been preserved to honor the courage of those fallen. May their souls be commended to Malik. Um, First of all, why is is Jacinda Jacinda writing about the smut? 
whatever. Why is she, why does why is Miss J writing about the smut? Why is she like, oh yeah, and then he like he was good. <laughs> well, I mean it's also like, like, no, how like if I was writing your well, but think about, like, like, if one of the internal monologues of Taryn and Violet are also represented in this book. So you have to wonder, like, how that got in there. True. Um, but, like, think about, like, just one of us writing the life story of the other person and just including all of that stuff. <laughs> and she got railed, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comma, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that would be that would be weird. So like I'm finding this a little suspicious, and consider, considering how close she is with her in the story, it's like okay, your bestie's writing your autobiography. Also, um, I think that they die. I think they all die at the end. Well, I think would, it's going I mean, to be a sense with Jacinia. I think it's going to be a Rogue One ending. I mean, that would be pretty cool, but um, just in, because it makes stories more believable. I don't know. I like you could hope that they would do that. Like but you never know. Like I had so much hope for the new Star Wars movies and then they let Ray live, so True. Yeah, and I'll die on the hill but hey, so much. You got left out of it. Dead. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um and also the reason we've been referencing Hunger Games so much throughout the first part of this is because Dana's Gale, and this is, it literally is so much like the Hunger Games in so many ways. It's also mm-hmm. different, obviously, there's dragons and sex, but, like. <laughs> that was not the case in the Hunger Games. There was no dragons, at least. And the sex part's debatable, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, like, <laughs> like, in between the lines, you know? Like, were they, were they not? Personally, I think they totally were, because when PETA was like, if it wasn't for the baby, everybody just totally believed him. So I'm like, oh, yeah, they're totally, like, Can you think, up. I mean, think about it, too, though, like, the trauma bonding they had to go through. It's like... Yeah. PETA, I don't know if Should we do the Hunger Games? Yeah, I've read this since I was, yeah, like, 14. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, so that's the first part that's kind of weird, is that the book is written by, narrated or whatever, scribed by... Jacinia. Um, her friend. Yeah. Another possible up thing is that, like, Jacinia at some point will betray them, and Violet will assume her identity. I, yeah, my thing... Here's what I'm thinking, right? So, like... Let's just jump, I guess let's just jump to the end of the book and then we'll go through the plot. Like, I... Yeah. At the end of the book, Violet finds out that um, the Griffin writers, who are theoretically who they're at war at against this whole time, right, are actually not the baddies. The baddies are the big, scary venom, um, which have, like, spooky red eyes and weaver wyverns and they steal magic straight from the source right and it corrupts them like i think and and because violet's mom is like in leadership she either is like on the wrong side of it or like she's known about it the whole time because it seems like violet's dad knew and spoiler big spoiler her brother knew 
because uh, he's yeah. not dead. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, either they're going to have to like, they're going to be fighting villains on both sides, right? Like Navarians and Venon. Um, because the Navarians are like trying to protect their own borders. Um, and now I, they're probably going to, I don't, based on the excerpt I've read for Iron Flame, I don't think they're going to treat Violet as a traitor. Um, but like, they're obviously going to treat a lot of the other characters as traitors. And eventually I think mm -hmm. Violet's going to have to choose a side and I, we all know which side she's going to pick. I wonder which side yeah. she's going to choose. Um, so we're going to have like conflict between like her and her mom and all the generals on her mom's side conflict with the venom and so i could foresee violet not being able to go back to navarre or violet and zayden somehow become like the leadership for the country and maybe that's why jacinia is writing this um as maybe. like uh, a, a biblia or a biography of violet's life Violet and Zane. Yeah, I mean, we already have or the like red. one side character who's died. So like it could also just be like well, a tribute to like, like Liam and many side characters that die throughout the training, but someone that actually means something dies. Right. Yes. And so like I clearly Rebecca's not afraid to kill people off, but I always mm -hmm. just authors, especially like fantasy subplot romance authors, I feel like are always very hesitant to kill off love interest unless they're not endgame um i saw um i posted it on instagram but like there was like a theory that i mean zayden and violet are already lovers so if this is the enemies to lovers kind of a weak enemies to lovers um there's speculation that it could be dane is the enemies to lovers which i actually if done well i don't think i'd be too upset about either because it's very rare that we see the first love interest be the love interest. Like, we, it's always, like, it would be really different. And also, well, but well, technically, I think, I think Dane was technically the first love interest, though. That's what I'm saying. That's like, like, we, like, okay, like, okay. we rarely see the first love interest be, like, the love interest yeah. at it's the very, end of the book. It's very Gail, Katniss, Peta. Yeah. And, like, yeah, sure. Maybe Katniss did kiss Gail, but, like, we don't care. Um, we find out, uh, also at the end of the book when she is, like, in the new place that she's at with everybody and her brother's there, that also felt very Hunger Games to me, like, waking up in District 13. And um, there's, like, a sense, underlying sense of betrayal, like, that she'll have to overcome. I see that a lot in, like, fantasy books. Like, I read, oh, gosh, um, it was that vampire book. Brielle wanted me to read. Oh, the Serpents of Ash or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't, I'm just making up the name. I don't know what it's called. Um, and there's Serpents and Ash in it, I believe. I'm trying to. Oh my gosh, what is it? And then like the, the second book's like the Star-Crossed King or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like vamp it vampiric whatever. There's like a betrayal at the end, but I can tell that in the second book, like it's gonna be like 25 percent of the book is him groveling and them and her like. Being like, I can't trust you, and then there she's gonna get over it. Like that's how I feel mm -hmm. this is gonna go. Also, especially because her brother is there and has known Zayden, it appears, for a long time. 
Um, and so, like, I think, you know, she's, Zayden's gonna leave her alone to, like, have her little moment with her brother, and her brother's gonna be like, Violet, he's a good guy, give him a second chance. (laughs) Come on, Violet. Come on, Vi, come on. Um. Come on, best sister. So, I think, like, I think Brennan will probably play a role in, like, helping her get over this kind of betrayal. And I think it's just, like, a lot to process. I don't think she's going to be mad at Zayden for a really long time because he's not, like, he was keeping things from her. I don't think he was wrong for doing that. And I also think she's a very reasonable person. So I think she'll kind of get over that relatively Mm -hmm. quickly. Like, there's going to have to be some rebuilding of trust. And, like, I'm sure they'll have fighting and arguments or whatever. But, like, right. That's at least my prediction, and I'm really glad that I don't have to just uh, throw out predictions and wait two years for a book to come out. I know. We'll find out when you're when you're so watching soon. this tomorrow. We'll so find out. Soon. For us in real life, we'll find out in three days. Um, I. <laughs> uh, also, what do you think is the government's purpose of hiding the venom from people? Is it because they're scary, or do you think that there's another purpose for it? I think it's a multitude of things. I think it, from a certain standpoint, I think it's almost like USSR propaganda where they're like, we've never done anything wrong ever. We're not wrong. And everyone should trust us to do what's right. Um, Right. Like, and we briefly get to meet the king in this book. And like, he kind of just seems like a pansy. Uh, and, like, like he just, like, Violet mentions that he wears medals for battles he's never been in, and, like, mm-hmm. it's Melgren that she's really afraid of, so I think, like, the state is just, at least the king is kind of just a figurehead, and I think that, like, one, they don't want to acknowledge when anything is wrong, and I think that's why they also keep certain things out of battle brief throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um... And I also think that, like, for them, it's, like, the Venom aren't, like, necessarily a real threat yet. We're trying to figure out how to fix all the gaps in, like, the protective barrier. So I don't know if it's, like, propaganda and stuff just to try and keep, like, the peace within the country. There is very obviously, like, something off-putting to Violet about General Milgren. So I think, like, there's something off about him. Like, I think maybe he's a bad guy. Uh, Obviously, like, the Venon are bad guys. I think we might need some other different alliances in addition to, like, people from Formula um, and, like, the Griffin Riders. Like, I think there might be more to this world than we're seeing right now also. Mm-hmm. Um... But really, I think this government is just, like, the continuation of something that worked prior. And I think after the rebellion, they're just trying to pretend, like, everything is fine. So there's not, like, crazy uprisings and people aren't, like, freaking out. Um, But I, I definitely think there's something devious. And my, really what I am not sure about in this plot is, like, I don't know if Violet's mom is like a bad person or not or like a morally gray character she seems kind of morally gray but like there's this there's an excerpt in the book where it talks about lilith soringale's recommendation that they don't make the traitors kids like watch their parents burn to death and general milgren does it anyway 
So there's very obviously some humanity to her. And I also think like as frustrated as Mira and Violet are in the beginning with Lilith over sending Violet to the writer's quadrant, like I kind of think that maybe General Sora and Gale had some other underlying reason for sending her there. I also don't know. I, I, I don't think her mom knows that Brennan's alive, but I also think her dad very obviously knew a lot more than he let on. They can't find his notes anywhere, which makes me think that like him and Brennan were in cahoots. And I like I I also think maybe because she talks about how her dad's heart gave out, I think maybe somebody killed him. Um, and part of me thinks it maybe was like Melgren or something. Uh, but I think like I also I think like how could it be that like her because she says her mother like is a hard person, but she still loved her dad, and her and her dad still had like a good relationship. So it makes me wonder if like if her dad was on the right side or whatever of whatever this conflict is if her mom was like low-key and on it too and like maybe her hand was just forced in a lot of regards with some of the stuff that's been going on or it could also just be that like her mom is (laughs) is a navarian nationalist and like one of the misled bad guys i don't know but like i think i think her mom I think her mom, like, keeping her at a distance, too, serves some sort of function, aside from, like, her being, I guess, disappointed because Violet isn't as physically strong as, like, her siblings. But I I don't know. I think her mom is going to be, like, a really big part of the plot, like, how much she knows and what her motivation for actually sending her to the writer's quadrant is. And I think it might also be, like, to protect her in some ways, like that or maybe she knows that violet inadvertently knows that violet's really powerful i i i don't know what it is but like i i feel like her mom's gonna play a really integral part of the plot and us figuring out like who's the good guys who's the bad guys and what's the overlying issue i think um okay this is kind of like what i think this is probably gonna be so off like once we actually find out in five years from now but here's what i i think that her mom was the victim of an assault Hmm. and she by a venom or something similar and that is why violet is small and frail and has silver ombre hair (laughs) um uh her dad who is not her biological dad knew she could use that power for evil so that the power that she has is being half venom and so that's why he read all those stories to her as a child about the venom and about like the folklore and stuff like that so that she could kind of figure it out um, I like maybe even if her mom wasn't like assaulted like maybe like essayed like maybe she was just physically assaulted by the magic while she was pregnant with violet so uh, I think yeah, like, like just I think Venom definitely contribute to like why Violet is the way that she is. I just I don't know if it's like her mom. Her mom is also like a very I mean Venom are strong, but she's yeah. her mom's not like no, she's not. But she's very strong, Ven- and she has a crazy power. Like true, I, and like I don't. 
I could see that being like a reason why, but I just didn't pick up any like assault vibes from her no, mom throughout the book. Just something I, cause I, I just think that Violet is some portion of Venom. Like I, like I can't imagine her mom falling in love with one because they're fugly. So <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. But I think part of it for me is just like violet's mother it seems like her mom isn't really willing to acknowledge the venom not like like she kind of writes i i don't know we because we haven't really gotten her opinion on it but i could see it being more of a like something happened to her and she didn't know what it was when it happened alternatively maybe she was like really desperate to have a third baby yeah, it, or maybe she was channeling and she did something she shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, and that affected Violet. Um. Um, her mom is a wielder of storm. Mm-hmm. Violet can do thunder or lightning. Yeah, but I think I think when it refers to storm, it's just like storm clouds and like rain and stuff. Like that's I, what, I well, that's what I'm. That, like thunder is a separate right <laughs> part. Otherwise, it's just like oh, Violet has like a quarter of her mom's power um that's well that's that's i'm thinking like if her mom is a wielder of storm like I'm, i was also just assuming kind of like rain and stuff like that yeah and like but it's cloud. Kind of, but it's like it's like oddly similar to violet which is also kind of strange i think i think it's supposed to be symbolic of like how violet has always thought she's more like her dad um, but she's really been kind of like her mom all along, which is why she did so well. I mean, like, she struggled in mm-hmm. the writer's quadrant, but, like, she bonded to dragons and, like... Right. Um, so I think it it could just be that it shows that, like, even though everyone always associates her with, like, her dad and the scribes, that, like, she's really more like her mom than anyone wants to give her credit for. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I could see tactically why that would make Lilith a good person to put in command because she can literally just provide cover for like an entire battle and no one can see what's it's right. storms and all over again <laughs> um i also wanted Mama. to okay so i took a screenshot of this on tiktok so um all right these are all the things that we know from interviews from rebecca yaros and just like in general things that we know about the storyline. So um Violet, Zayden, Imogen, Garrick, and Bodhi left off in Artia. Uh which is in the process of rebuilding after the Venom attacked. So that is where they're at. Like they're just in this place. Are they gonna go back to the college? Who knows? I think have you read the excerpt for the second book? I do not read the expert excerpts of any book because I don't. It's, a lot of times, I feel like they spoil stuff. I read it. <laughs> do you uh, do you want me to keep it to myself or? Uh, you can you can tell me. Okay, Violet goes back to Bazgaya. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like trying to get shit out of her the whole time she's there. So it's a matter Interesting. of her. She's trying to, I think the book is about going to be about her, one, making up with Zayden, rebuilding a relationship with her brother, and also having to keep that secret from Mira, um, and then, like, her figuring out where her loyalties lie, 
between her brother and her sister and her mom and right the theoretical um, love of her life. Do you think? I don't think Mira knows, but how do you think Mira will react when she does find out? I think that Violet will get maybe forced into a corner and she'll try and tell Mira and Mira won't Mira won't take it well. And then I think Brennan and Mira will have a run in and that will be where like the real face off with where Mira's loyalties lie will come down to it. And I think ultimately, like I if Look at how much Mira loves Violet. Like, I know that their mom is the general, right? But, like, in the beginning of the book, we see Mira, Mira going, like, head-to-head with her mom over Violet. And that that is, like, a huge breach in the chain of command. Mira, while she typically follows the rules and stuff, she has broken them for Violet to take Rhiannon and Violet to go see Rhiannon's nephew. Um... And, you know, keeping things that she shouldn't, different things, giving Violet the book. Like, she breaks the rules because of how much she loves her sibling. And her and Brennan were closer in age, and Brennan knew she was going into the writer's quadrant. So I think growing up, they probably shared a lot more similarities. And so I think, like, seeing him, I I think Mira will choose her love of her siblings over her duty and I think it'll be harder to like win her mom over but I I think Mira will will just based on like her personality throughout this book I think it'll be difficult but I think she'll pick her siblings over what was Mira's power uh shoot what is Mira's power Mira oh Mira can create wards she she that's why she's so strong in the wing is because she can create a ward around all of the other writers and protect them in battle scenarios. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and Brennan's is to heal. Mm-hmm. And Violet's is lightning. So I'm thinking, I'm already seeing a battle of the bastards sort of scenario. Uh, where they're like, oh my gosh, we're like gonna run out of like like there's people coming on every side like and then there's just Mira, Brennan, and Violet in the center, and they're like, oh my gosh, like we're about to get yeah. annihilated. Brennan. And Mira's protecting them, Brennan's healing them, and Violet's just- yeah, yes, exactly. That's exactly what I. That's exactly what I see coming up. I can already see it. But yeah, I I think Mira, I, she's picked Violet time and time again throughout this book over yeah. the rules, and I can't see her not doing that when Violet and Brennan are most likely going to end up on the same side. Like, I can't see her. Especially, I think, you know, Mira fights the Griffin Riders and stuff all the time because they're they're raiding for resources because they're getting shit on by the Venom constantly. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think Mira knows about the Venom because she literally, like, makes, pokes fun at them and, like, the childish stories and stuff. Um, and I think, too, Mira seems like the type of person that when once the truth is revealed to her, she won't be able to, like, turn a blind eye to it. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, and who knows, maybe that's just, like, another great portrayal in the book, but, like, I, based on who, the dynamic between Mira and Violet, even Mira standing up to the, their mom, I can't see her turning her back on Brennan once she finds out that he's still alive. Yeah. Okay, next up on here on this list, we have um, 
Brennan is alive, obviously. We know that. Uh, Violet and Zayden on rocky terms. However, we now have a Zayden POV. We didn't have a Zayden POV for that entire book until the end. So the entire time he's lying to her, we don't have a POV from him. So I'm wondering now if we will end up getting dual POV in the next book. Because I have to imagine, in in the excerpt, does it say that Zayden goes back as well? Because I can't imagine he would go back because Dane set, I mean, they're literally set up to die. So, like, Dane says, I'll I'll miss you, Violet. I don't think so. I don't think he comes back. But I, okay, speaking of Brennan real quick. So, Taryn's previous writer was someone who died trying to revive Brennan. I think... I think they exchanged their life for his, uh, like, in some way. And mm-hmm. I also think that perhaps, like, that was Brennan's... Lover. Babe, yeah. Um, and so, like, I think part of the reason Taryn chose Violet is because of who she is. I think it's also because of, like, who she is to his previous writer, which is, like, potentially his partner's sister um and you know like Sigal also bonded Zayden which she wasn't supposed to do because she was previously I think his dad's right Mm -hmm. um and so like I I think like that maybe contributes but yeah I think the other guy died and burned out and it brought him back running back and I think that also contributes to like why Taryn and Violet ended up being together. And I think it also has to do with, like, Zayden and Violet. Like, there's a ton of different reasons, but, like, I don't know. Because because that's, like, the story that most people know is that, like, the other person died trying to bring, bring him back and, like, Brennan, and then Brennan didn't come back. Yada, yada, yada. But, like, I think with a lot of these stories, just like with the Venom story, there's truth underlying it. It's just not the whole of the story. If you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I've just been thinking about that. For um, the next up, we know that Liam is dead. And that his sister will be starting at the War College this upcoming year. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if, like, his dragon... Well, not his dragon, but, like, if she gets yeah, no. a, <laughs> not, she the same type of dragon or something. Because, like, they say that, like, like, familial stuff doesn't... But, yeah, I don't know. And I guess, like, Violet didn't bond a green dragon like Mira did, but, like... I think it'd be it. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, and Violet very well might take like a liking to his sister or something, or feel obligated to look out for her. Yeah. Who knows? Um, we know that Venom are real. That they can have dragons that have only two legs. Um, and <laughs> they uh. They they can they can be killed. Their dragons can be killed if their creator is killed. So like it's not the same. It's not like the same kind of dragon magic that Violet has and everybody mm-hmm. else has. It's the the dragons wield the magic into them, but for Venon, the Venon wield the magic into these dragons that are not real. They're like they're not real. Like 
Yeah. The the weaver. The apparitions or whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. I also. I'm sure we'll figure this out. Do you think Violet will have a second sigil now that Andarna is no longer a Feathertail Hatchling? Yeah, there's uh, there's something that she said that um, Andarna no longer has her time stopping ability. Mm-hmm. So, I think yes, she will. I mean, she ha- I mean, she has to, right? Because now that she's well, you would you would or, think that she would have like a second separate sigil, or I, like I don't I don't know if you just get one sigil. You don't. <laughs> I'm just asking. They, what, they don't know either. She'll have another one. What do you think though? Do you think she'll have another one or? Okay, I could see it going both ways. I could see her getting another one and then being like, "Oh, she's so powerful! Like she's the most powerful baddie in the whole land." But also, what I think realistically might be happening is that Taryn's going to die. And when he dies, she won't because she still has Andarna. Yeah. It, yeah. And then but, once but, but he then... dies, she'll have her new power. Yeah, but if he dies, there's going to be some bad side unintended consequences. Example, Sigale will probably die. Yeah. And if Sigale dies, then so will Zayden. Yeah. But but um, I could see. I mean, like I I can't imagine that she ends the story with two dragons. That's fair. Not right? Iron Flame, just in general. Like I can't see her ending just this whole story with her having two dragons. No, I agree. I just and I think the issue too is like I don't. Taryn bonds very strongly. Like he almost died when his last rider did. So like. I don't know. In theory, the way that Rebecca has laid this all out, that would mean that Sigail and Satan would die too, which I'm sure could feed into the plot, but I don't know. I, I just, I'm assuming she'd have some secondary power. I'm also assuming that it isn't like, t- it wouldn't be time related. Maybe it is. Maybe what I was thinking too is maybe Violet's first sigil lightning is like part of her mom, right? Maybe she'll have something right a second signet power that's more in tune with like her, the part of her that is like her dad which is like the scribe part but like and i i don't know what it would be um like there's there's examples of other powers like dane's power or like intrinsic powers that aren't like powers that you you know on people mm-hmm. Um, I could see it being, like, an intellectual type of power, too. Something else it's Yeah. Or, or it could be time-related, too. Like, maybe I, she I don't go know. back in time or something. That would be nifty. Like, a couple minutes. Maybe. Um, that would be interesting. I think that whatever her power that she's going to get from Andarna is, it's going to be different than what everybody else has. And stronger than everybody else, because she's like a golden dragon. Who the hell has ha- who the hell has a golden dragon? Right. Well, I think I think too because I, I'm assuming their bond is stronger than like most riders and dragons because it's it's in Darna's first rider, and they've been bonded since she was an adolescent dragon. So like, I'd have to assume that that sort of relationship would be stronger than just like an adult dragon who was bonded to other people before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah i i I mean like it'll be interesting to see how she how rebecca yeah plays that one out for us um oh another thing general melgreen cannot see outcome of battles when there are three or more separatist children involved yeah i think uh which is weird because they there's like i think it's just a theory right that like they all have two uh oh my god what are they called sigils Uh um they all have two sigils they have the ones that they got from their own dragons but they also have the one from melgrin's dragon or from the dragons uh who killed their parents yeah it was i i think i i don't know if it was melgrin's dragon i'd have to look through maybe it was because even though melgrin has this power and he's like scary right the dragons are, have their own authority, the Empyrean. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't share their decisions. So General Milgan's dragon, I think, is... I don't know. It, this is where I get kind of caught up. Because, like, I, I don't think... There's something off about Melgren, which I don't know if that means there's something off about his dragon or if his dragon's just kind of dealing with, like, a writer that he doesn't agree with. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I think I definitely think whoever cast the mark on them, the traitor's mark on them, mm-hmm. cast some sort of spell that protects yeah. them in that way. Yeah, because they're. It's weird that like, he can't see it if it's three of them around, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's because like. Uh, like if there's a, a large meeting then they're probably like plotting something that he shouldn't be saying <laughs> true um but yeah it definitely seems like some sort of protection and i either his dragon did it or it might have been i think it was his or maybe it was like violet's mom's dragon so but whoever did it clearly has like some underlying uh loyalty stuff that we're going to have to get into in these coming books yeah um Uh, Rhiannon, uh, Dane, Rydock, and the others are not at the college. While they're at the college, they're off doing their war game. So they are not there either. So they have no idea of anything that would be happening in the college while they're gone. Yeah. Um. I... I don't see Rhiannon or riddick like betraying violet either so i don't know if they're gonna be little traitors too or what um possibly but like i don't know i could for some reason like i i really like rhiannon for some reason i'm like riddick for sure is like a ride or die friend like i don't know i don't know why i think that but like i can i think rhiannon is too but like I think she would struggle a little bit more with her loyalties, where, like, I think whenever Violet has to, like, dump this info on them, I think Riddick's gonna be, like, ready to go to back her up. Yeah. Um, Violet's dad warned her about the past being erased. So there's 600 years of history, but only 400 that have been recorded. So there Mm -hmm. are 200 years, obviously, quick math, that are missing. And (laughs) who knows what happened in those 200 years, because there's no information. Luckily, well, though, Violet her Curry, dad probably knew a little. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, Mira had reported seeing dragons beyond the borders. Those were probably the the wyvern or whatever from the weird from the venom. Uh, Zayden and the other separatist children were supplying Griffin riders with weapons, which always a good idea. <laughs> um, to fight the venom supposedly but and if you know anything about international politics eventually they will use those same weapons on you Uh, i think they were on the outposts that they were stealing supplies from (laughs) yeah it's a catch-22 yeah so but uh zayden and the separatists are also doing that and um violet's mother has a venom killing dagger in her office yeah, I don't know. That's why what I'm like, is, is Lilith just like biding her time because she is rightfully afraid of like Melbourne and all these other people? And like, yeah. how could she be married to a man that like knew all this stuff and not that, or he kept it from her because like, but like, why would he continue to be with her, or fall in love with someone who wouldn't do the right thing with that information anyway? True. Violet's dad. So that's where I'm like, I really don't, I, it's really hard to gauge where her mom is. I think we'll probably find out more in Iron Flame because her mom's going to have to be involved in her interrogations, I'm assuming, that are like, it'll be interesting to see where things go. I think that in Iron Flame we'll have dual perspective. I think we'll go between Violet and Zayden. Um, and their dragons are bonded, so they have to see each other every now and then, which will definitely become spicy and important for the plot. I almost, I, like, I kind of hope this turns into kind of what Throne of Glass was, where it's told mostly from, like, Selena's point of view in the first book. And then, like, each book, more and more characters' point of views gets added in. Like, by the, by the time you get to Empire Storms, Maddie, there's, like, eight different POVs. Wow. Um, the but one I, thing- I like that because there's like different <laughs> plot lines with side characters exactly. that we need to like go into, and like I'm sure Rian and Bren and Riddick Mira will all play into that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think that that is probably. Do you have anything else you want to say, or do you think that's probably where we should leave Fourth Wing at? We've been going for about an hour and a half. Um. I think we didn't really even talk about all the plot that much, but we definitely talked about our predictions. I think too, like I uh, just generally when we're talking about books, not this book specifically, like I will say there's a certain level of like trying to predict that what's going to happen in the next book because of the questions that are posed throughout the plot in the first one. But especially with like the Sarah J. Mass people, sometimes they just be doing way too much to try. They like it's literally like a conspiracy, like charlie day conspiracy board right and i'm like just like obviously they've created it so that you'll it'll intrigue you you'll think about it with leading up to the next book and you'll have predictions but i'm like people who reread it like 80 times that are like trying to write out the book themselves to figure out where it's gonna end i'm like you're sucking all the joy out of it like yeah you know make your predictions but like don't reread the book 30 times like there's people who have like 
they'll reference like a certain page in Throne of Glass, and then they'll talk about Kotar, and then they'll talk about Crescent City. And I'm like, the book's gonna be out in a couple months, Shorty. Like, just sit down and wait. <laughs> yeah. Trust um, me, it'll come out. You'll be yeah. fine. There. So, but anyways, I think there's like a level that's normal, and then there's a level where it's like you guys are psychotic and you need to yeah. life. Um, and like, I love books. Don't get me wrong. But there's so many more. Like, quit rereading the same five books over and over again to predict what the next one's going to say. Go read something else in the meantime. Right. Because you'll probably be wrong Yeah, anyway. I've read, like, I read, like, five books since I read this one, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, like, yeah. like, you still have, like, your predictions or your thoughts on certain plots. Yeah. But, like, it shouldn't consume your life. <laughs> because then when you yeah. read a book, if you're wrong, you're going to be so pissed that you spent that much time doing that. It's mostly yeah, like okay, mask girlies that do that, but it well, <sighs> yes, uh, I've definitely seen it on there because they're like, do you remember this one tiny line that Resand said? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. And I've read. That Why would I remember that? Twice, and I'm yeah. like, that's plenty for me. You know, I'm yeah, I yeah, I'm like, what? How many times have you not jobs read these books? Like, yeah, honestly, truthfully, and, and you know, if you like to do that, go off. Love you. Do your thing. But like, but. there are so many good books in the world. Quit rereading the same five ones because you're impatient and you're trying to predict yeah. what's going to happen. Like, it's meant to be thought intriguing, but it's not meant <laughs> to consume your whole life. Right. Yeah, I this book has not been consuming my life in that way. I've just yeah. really been enjoying it. It reminds me a lot of House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. It is it is uh relit that portion of my mind that is reserved usually for Game of Thrones. Like it's it's kind of hit that same spot. So there's just a f- like you can read a ton of good books and really like them, but there's just this like indescribable feeling when you read like a truly like good book for the first time in a while like it, you it, you feel it in your chest <laughs> yeah it, yeah you feel very like personally yeah. connected to it. and that's how I felt when I read this the first time uh I didn't feel that way for a long time until I read um once upon a broken heart that series and like every once in a while there's just a book series that comes along it doesn't matter how um predictable it is or like it it just like it makes you feel something different i just realized that we never gave it a rating oh my god (laughs) this book's a five by the way in case you're wondering uh i gave it a five (laughs) maybe we can put a disclaimer in the beginning yeah so sorry about that uh but yeah oopsie I really enjoyed this book. I read it really fast, um, faster than I usually read books like this. And considering the fact that I thought I was going to hate it because I really did not like Akatar and all the Akatar girlies like this book, I it was pre- pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad. I you know what? Like again, I've said this a billion times, but like retrospectively, a Kotar is not like the best series I've ever read. It just it was the first thing I had read in a long time. I still really like it, and I love Silver Flames. Great book. Silver, Silver Flames, Flames is great. good. Um, but yeah, it's not. There's so much. There's so much more out there. Like really, truly, read a lot. Diversify what you read. Um, 
because just because a book that you picked up for the first time in 10 years is really awesome doesn't mean it's like the epitome and you can get that feeling again if you keep reading um yeah but yeah there was a this book deserves the hype it does um there it's it was just picked up for a tv show from amazon which i am concerned about because amazon ruined daisy jones and the six and Uh, i did not like red white and royal blue yeah, they also also. I mean, like I liked it. They did the Lord of the Rings show too. Oh, I didn't even watch that. I didn't either, but we all know that they screwed it up. Yeah, um, I, like I just Amazon is not it. I need HBO to pick it up. Oh, can you imagine? It would if be- HBO, like HBO, just needs to own the fantasy genre. Like nobody else should. They need a monopoly. Listen, I'm not one to ever. Be like they need a monopoly. HBO needs a monopoly on all of the fantasy stuff. Uh, fantasy stuff because yeah, just they, nobody does it better. They know the right amount of like CGI to use and the right amount of like physical props. And the thing is, like, they spend probably just about what any other corporation would spend on it. But I, I think it's just that they care about like the quality of yeah what they produce. They truly do. Like, I imagine if. HBO got their hands on like Star Wars instead of Disney back in the day. Yeah, it would have been insane. Yeah, I don't know. I'm me right now, like trying to find Rebecca Rebecca's email so I can be like, please, yeah. <laughs> please uh, hire whatever reverse. you need to to get out of this contract and go yeah. sign with HBO. You're like, hey, I we graduated. I'm May. not that lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you need like a high class corporate attorney who's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, but, like, I just want, like, this is, like, one thing I'm really excited about for Harry Potter is that HBO is doing it, and if it was Disney doing it, I'd be like, ugh, or if, like, somebody else, but HBO is doing it, and I trust HBO's judgment on creating shows, because I have never seen an HBO original show that was not incredible. Like, every season is good. Like, The Sopranos, every single season of that show is good. And it's hard when you have a show that is literally kind of, like, the same thing over and over again. I think it's because, they like, HBO doesn't, like, cheapen plot lines and they don't, like, obviously, they're an entertainment company. They care about making money, but not to the point where they're willing to forgo quality or time or effort put into producing the show. And I think it's because they realize that what's important is, like, the longevity Mm-hmm. Um, how things will look in twenty years when you try and rewatch them, you know, and they're not like everything's not CGI'd, and like I think too, they just come up with like unique plot lines, even if they're using different source material, right? Like for Game of Thrones, um, and uh, for House of the Dragon, they're, they're obviously using source material for those things, but they definitely yeah did their own stuff um to make it more unique, and like I think. People just get really frustrated with Disney, especially because they're making, like, remaking stuff or they're not staying as true to the source material as they should. Or they're just totally, mm-hmm. like, disregarding it. And I think, too, the good thing about HBO is, like, when they do decide to diverge from the, the source material, it's either because, like, with Game of Thrones, they didn't have anything to go off of or it plays Which, into the plot. Like, in House of the Dragon, they made the Valerians um, African-American. Which I thought was a a really good plot device because it really shows just how 
much everyone questions Rhaenyra's children's lineage more so than if they were just like another group of white people then it would just be like okay shut up yeah who how do you know who (laughs) Cyrus's dad is but when they're very clearly african-american like um and her kids come out like pasty white like the the change that they made in that regard it served the plot in a good way and so like they yeah they take care of of the the projects they take on all that being mm-hmm. said, sorry, on a mini like Disney rant, um, I'm like Trey Parker right now. Yeah, Vanderverse um, <laughs> episode, but like, um, yeah, I I'm really nervous about Amazon having it too. I wish it was HBO because I just trust them implicitly with any project that they Amazon is just picking up any good book series right now and turning it into or like promising it will be a movie or a show and i have so far not been impressed at all um like i already mentioned daisy jones and the six they changed i mean a lot of things are the same but they changed some stuff that like ruined the uh uh i don't even like just the vibe of the show um like, it felt like a lot of people cosplaying as it being in the, the 70s rather than it actually taking place in the 70s. Like, you can't, I'm sorry, the woman who plays Camilla is beautiful, but she, you can't tell me the background does not know what Instagram is. Yeah, she looks, it, and I think we, I don't know if we, maybe we've talked about it on the podcast before. We've de- definitely talked about it, like, in person, but, like, mm-hmm. there is definitely, there, are, don't get me wrong, there are people who are alive today who look like people in the 70s did, but, like, it, and it it has to do with like our environments and stuff like that but the way people look has changed and the people they mm-hmm. cast in that show did not look like people from the 70s and i think you called it like iphone based or like instagram based yeah. like yeah there you can look at people and tell that they have like grown up on social media by the way their face looks like and it's crazy and it's weird but like it's just the truth and there yeah. are actors that exist who look like people in the 70s looked but they just didn't cast them for that show and then for red white and royal blue blue courtney and i just watched this like i don't know like three weeks ago or something like that um last time she was here and it was like it was fine but it wasn't like they they removed some of the scenes that were like some of the best scenes and they got rid of june them into two different like yeah yeah they changed the dynamic between uh his mom and dad they completely remove the Raphael thing which is like a huge part of the book and i'm like you just got rid of all of that that's so weird yeah but it was just yeah um and so so far i have not been impressed i would say that for both of those i'd give them like 3 stars in terms of like likability just because it was like so different than the source material and listen there are like the hunger games is a really good movie trilogy like or not i guess it's not trilogy it's a quadrilogy but <laughs> you know the like the hunger games was done really well and yeah. it's possible for them to take source material and stay true to it but yeah it just worries me with fourth wing because it's like i can see amazon just not sticking to the plane the plan and making it cheesy and 
The thing too is like there are already I here's an area that I have concern. There is a wide diversity of characters in this book, like race, sexual orientation, disability, all kinds of different stuff. And so I really hope that they don't change or like add stuff just to like I feel like everybody's represented in this book, and so, like, I really hope that they cast based on, like, how each person in descri- is described. Like, I hope Rhiannon is African-American. I hope Zayden is a person of color. Because um, it seems like he 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 has, like, all of these skin and stuff like that, so I hope they don't cast, like, a blue-eyed random <laughs> <Right>. guy. <laughs> Jacob Elordi. I'll jump off yeah. the building. <laughs> Don't, don't somebody even you say that? Right I now. literally, I literally saw something that casted him, and I was like, "What is up with everybody's obsession with him?" Do not even play with me right now. Like he, he, I almost sometimes the way Zayden's described, I almost picture him kind of with like resand with like longer curly hair. Like he's just like tan and whatever. But like resand is older though. I know, but the people that like who have tried to typecast resand like that is the type so of you just see brett goldstein um <laughs> no he's too old he's too old i love you yeah you'll never watch this but i love you um <laughs> uh yeah like so i just hope they stick with like what they have because and some people get like frustrated when they're like oh they made this character gay or whatever like i'm like i I don't care about that generally, but I'm like, everybody already has, like, their own thing going on. Lots of gay, straight people, um, non-binary, like, include all of them. Yeah. You don't, like, there's no need to, like, everybody's covered, so keep the characters yeah. how they are in the book. I like them so much. Please don't change that. Yeah, but I guess we'll have to see. Maybe it'll get canceled like Akatar. Yeah. Perhaps I. I one thing I'm worried about anime. too. Yeah, I, I can't see that being good when it's like <laughs> real life because the CGI is just going to be terrible, and that's what I'm yeah. concerned about. Yeah. This is I'm worried the dragons you know, are going to look awful. The, okay, so this is this is why I said like it's got to be like Game of Thrones because Daenerys is dragons. The dragons at House of the Dragon, they're they look real. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, they do. I like but, how different they all are in House of the Dragon. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. the bloodworm and, and yeah. Um, this is like we're totally just like going off on like a totally I know. It was like a at the end of this <laughs> I know. But I think that there's an issue with women's fiction or fiction that's perceived to be for women and they don't take it as seriously when they're creating it into media because like there there are really strong women characters in game of thrones we've got sansa and Arya and catelyn and like i I should name all the starks but i mean obviously we got danny we've got like all these different people you can't tell her my loyalties are. Just kidding. I'm a Targaryen at heart. Well, not like that, but like, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, they, like, they are strong women, but they were women who were written by a man in a world that is obviously very male-dominated. And you, I, I say that, like, lightly because obviously Cersei is the real ruler of the entire kingdom uh, the entire time. And, uh, 
because it was written by a man and the story was so loved by boys and men prior to it becoming a show on HBO. And yes, women also liked the the books as well, but I think that Game of Thrones in particular is like different than the fantasy we see for women. Mm-hmm. Um I uh, I just don't think that they take it as seriously. And so because of that, I think that they're like, oh, we can just give this to some Amazon or Netflix and women will watch it anyway because they'll be like, ew, he's so cute. And we're just going to choose the cutest guy we can find. Which is and they- to me, by the way, because most of the good dystopian like series are written by women, aside from like Red Rising. Um, but like, like Hunger Games, Divergent, and Divergent got Okay, Divergent's movies. not good. I liked it when I was the age I was when I read it. Okay, but look, they the movies were awful. They were so. Maze Runner was good. That was by a man too. Huh? Maze Runner was written by a man. Oh yeah. But regardless, like there, like there was a point in time where they took it seriously and it did really well. I mean, The Hunger Games did really, really, really well. But now they don't treat fiction that was written for women the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And also, if you think about the story of the Hunger Games, like, it features a strong male or female lead, but it is very, like, boy, you know? Like, it's war and stuff like that. Things that are for boys, not for girls. Dragons are for girls. Yeah. But anyhow, I... I think that game or house of the dragon is kind of like a hbo acknowledging that like some shows are just for the girls like house of the dragon is for the girls like i'm sorry like i know men love that show but like that show is for the girls have you ever have you noticed that like this i mean like there's vagar right which vagar is a nasty biatch um with no loyalty whatsoever just finish burning Lena and then you let that greasy little rat climb on top of you. Um sorry, we're going back down this this if you're still with us, thank you. Um anyway, <laughs> I have you not like I when I think of dragons, like I think of like women. Like I like I think them intrinsically like right. Daenerys has a good relationship with her dragons, whatever. Like I pick mother of dragons, right? Um, and then Rhaenyra and her dragon, like, I, and then here and, like, in the, the Shadow of the Gods series by John Gwen, like, I, it seems like dragons in fantasy like women more than, <laughs> I don't know, true, why, but, like, so now every time I, like, I know there are male dragon riders, but it feels like an innately, like, female thing to me. Yeah, and I think it's I because think, like, like I think Game of Thrones played a huge role in that, just because of Danny sure. being so. I think it powerful plays, for me. It plays into like like men are like I view at least in fantasy, I view men as very like mm, right, like physically right. they're wielding swords and stuff, you know, right? Lots of testosterone, and like the women are typically more plot savvy right they're they're thinking strategy and stuff so i think like in my head and in fantasy books like in my like dragons are drawn to intelligence and then they bring the brawn that like women might not physically have unless you're Arya stark um but like 
and and then in this book too, like Violet is very intellectually intelligent, and she gets a big fat dragon. Like, right. Well, Arya had both. Arya is both. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. But and she's she's the only one who is both because Sansa's very smart. Cersei is smart but not strong. She's well, she's strong but crazy. not like in the books. Too, and then psychotic, like literally yeah. talking to herself. And Danny is obviously very smart. But her whole, I mean, her whole, until the friggin' non-canon end of the show, yeah. um, she's very logical on everything that she does. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's my, my two cents is just that I, I hope that this show, it, I don't have high hopes for it because it's being done by Amazon, but I also don't have high hopes for it because it's a story for girls and i don't think that because it's a story for girls that it's going to be taken very seriously in the first place which is why i ended up with amazon yeah disappointing but i don't know we'll expect the worst and hope for the best yeah well i'll hope for the worst and then hopefully be pleasantly pleased yeah anywho uh i think that ties up Yeah, our, <laughs> our Disney Game of Thrones HBO Amazon rant, and also our <laughs> review of Fourth Wing. They were about the Fourth same week. amount of time. So yeah, it's a okay, five. Listen, it's yeah, the book's a five. <laughs> Just so you guys know. Um, anyhow, uh, we will be here next week with, of course, Iron Flame, which we are absolutely thrilled about. Cannot cannot wait it'll be completely spoiler so obviously don't don't watch it until you've read the book because it'll be 100% spoilers anytime Um, we do a series that's like that's not like the twisted series where they're like their own independent stories have built up yeah we're gonna have to do spoilers because otherwise it's Mm -hmm. um yeah it'll just be like fresh hot off the press right when we record like we will have just read this and nothing else after it so yeah be prepared be prepared um we if you want to see what we're doing when we're not here we are on our social medias where we have our tiktok which by the way we hit uh, hold on a lot of followers maddie's been doing some crazy ai edits lately that look we have 1300 followers on tiktok so thank you love you thank you we're so happy to be here that was all maddie by the way look how Uh, creative she is creative smart beautiful i feel like leslie right now and you're ann perkins okay you know that's never true i am leslie i know i know i know um anyway (laughs) uh so yeah if you want to see what we're doing we're on tiktok uh, at the Woody Banter Book Club. We're on Instagram at the Woody Banter Book Club. And we're on Pinterest at the Woody Banter Book Club. Um, lots and lots of fun things coming up for the new year. Um, for the next few months, like, it's going to be kind of slow because we're kind of going through, like, a process where we're, like, trying to figure out what's next because we will be hitting a year soon, which is crazy. Uh, how did we get here? That's so wild. It feels like I feel like we've, we've been doing this forever, but also like we started yesterday. Yeah, you know? I. It's like we've. I feel. I. If you watch our first episode, I feel like we've like definitely gained a lot of confidence in like ourselves for doing it, and it's only gonna get more yeah. from here on out. But yeah. we're trying to figure out like yeah. what other new fun content we can add into now that we have this kind of 
down down yeah because we want to um, like we want to keep it ex- one exciting for us and two like yeah we both read books outside of what we read for the podcast that we'd love to share with you guys and so we just need yeah. to find a good way to do that and there's lots of topics that we want to address example generally with what we just went on our giant rant <laughs> for. right so we might have like separate episodes just for content like that like that um yeah. and as we approach the end of the year we're gonna do some sort of end of year event that we're planning out and i'm sure we'll do something when we get to like 100 episodes too that'll be fun yeah um but yeah thank you for joining us on this journey uh i can't believe it's november already i know the christmas know, we came are up- coming soon too we came up with the idea for the podcast on christmas eve of last year so it's like it really feels like Oh my gosh, it's like already actually been almost a year. Like it like it really feels weird. I know. But here we are. Look at us. Look at us. What a thought. <laughs> uh yeah. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can. And if you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much. I apologize for my nasally voice this episode or any coughs or things that I forgot to edit out. Um <laughs> I listen to the podcast and sometimes I forget to edit things out um anyhow if that's the case i i apologize if you're listening oh, and also like maybe give us a rating if you want like that'd be kind of cool that'd be kinda and if you're cool. watching cool. us on youtube hi what's up uh i hope you like my minimalist background today was an exciting day and we were happy to bring you this episode we obviously had a lot to say about it and i guess give us a like and subscribe also for us yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's it. So I guess all that is left to be said is <gasps> happy reading. <laughs>